Hey, storytellers. If you like the show, you can find Life Narrated on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever streaming service you use. It really helps others find the podcast and validates our existence. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thanks for listening. storytellers and welcome to life narrated the podcast about life and the stories we tell my name is emily and i'm your oc fan fiction protagonist my name's lauren i'm that easter egg you missed i'm matt i'm the extended universe version of matt yeah and today we're gonna talk about what is canon because yesterday our uh last episode we talked about um adaptations and kind of brought up this conversation about what exactly is canon? What is truth? <laughs> what does it all mean, Basil? What does it all mean? What is so, the source material? So uh, I wanted to talk about, yeah, what is the source? What is the spice? <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's start with really quick another a definition of canon. We talked about this last time, but um, that word is used specifically to reference the Bible because there was this Council of Nicaea, and they decided what would go in the Bible and what would not go in the Bible. So everything that went in the Bible that we have now today is called canon, and all the other books that were in the Bible but were discarded because they thought they were too bonkers. That's just headcanon. <laughs> is, is it it's canon. It's church headcanon. Yeah. <laughs> is non-canonical. <laughs> it's important to note here that, like, in the years and in centuries after Jesus died, people wrote lots and lots of weird books about, like, things Jesus probably maybe did or maybe didn't do or whatever, and they include all sorts of, like, very not, like, Jesus-like things, like having children or, like, killing yeah. people and stuff. And so the Council of Nicaea was called to figure out what really was the religion that they were, you know, practicing. Yeah, and also, like, take note that nobody wrote anything down while Jesus was alive. Like, they thought that he was going to die, and then their kingdom of heaven was coming. And then after a while, it became clear that you're going to have to wait a little bit for that to happen. So people started writing down things. And that is what we have as the Bible. Right. So, um... So this idea of canon is basically, like, what's the real stuff? What do we actually have to pay attention to to understand the the whole premise of the thing? And I found a definition, so when we talk about canon and fiction, um, not to... Really quickly, I do want to talk about um, one more religious example. Okay, I was going to say, we're talking about fiction, so I feel like it is a little weird to be like, (laughs) so the Bible is canon and fiction. (laughs) But in other fictions. (laughs) And and so in other fictions, no. No, um, like, for instance, there is... um, in Islam, there is the Quran, which is supposed to be the word of God. So there's no, like, canon and non-canon where that's concerned. That's, like, literally the word of God, it, as according to Muslims. And then there's the Hadiths, which are similar to the writings in the Bible in that they're written by people who knew Muhammad when he was alive and people who were alive at the same time. And some are very... Um, well-sourced hadiths like Abu Bakr wrote it which is that's like Muhammad's right-hand man so if he wrote the hadith then like okay that should be 
canon, but there are some hadiths that are like, you know, this person was, you know, Muhammad's neighbor for a week and like saw him do this thing once (laughs) and, you know, that kind of thing. So each sect of Islam takes these hadiths as canon or non-canon, non-canonical, depending on their belief system. And this has caused a lot of issues. Um, That's what the different sects of Islam are kind of about. I mean, other than like who gets the succession after Muhammad was died, which is the big problem in in, uh, different sects of Islam. But so it's not just Christianity. There are other religions that do this. Um, And there's later, there's like later examples too, because I feel like what you're saying, Emily, about Islam, we see that even still like very recently in our current history with like um the book of mormon and the latter-day saints so that's like the bible is there is the canon and then there's also the book of mormon which was written supposedly you know as jesus came to america Uh, right yeah and so we are talking about fiction as you mentioned um so please continue uh so in fiction uh the definition that i found for canon says that canon is the material accepted as officially part of the story in the fictional universe of that story. Uh, I underlined fiction, and I underlined <laughs> accepted, because yeah. I was like, hmm, who does it have to be accepted by? It's often used as the basis for works of fan fiction, and another, I guess not really definition, but like another acceptable use of canon in, like, in the context of it is to be acknowledged by the creator or creators. Yes. So so when I was like, oh, who's it have to be accepted by? Whoever created it. I think that's the main uh, draw is that the canon is the person is uh, ordained by the person who wrote the original story. So for instance, um, George Lucas can like canonize a book and be like, this is part of the canon now. Yeah. Or he can say like, this is just fan fiction trash. Like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and he has a company. So if it's like, if it's something produced by Lucasfilms, um, but they also officially license things. Hmm. Yes. So. But um, I also think there are, there's like ways that things that are like not necessarily canon can become canon in other ways besides like the creator, like supporting it fully. And like, it's harder, I think, but it's possible. So for instance, an example is like, in the Star Trek animated series, they decided that James T. Kirk, the T stands for Tiberius, and they just, no one had ever talked about that, so they just put it in there and went, ran with it in the animated series, and nobody really thinks the animated series is canon. Like, let's be real. <laughs> That's fair. But, in the, in going forward, whenever they had to figure out what James T. Kirk's middle name stood for, they were like, oh, Tiberius, why not? Yeah. And so, like, it became okay. part of the canon, yeah. just as, like, fiat, because no one else wanted to deal with it, or thought to deal with it that sounds kind of on the edge of uh fanon mm. yeah which is um fan fiction or something right like you said that's not necessarily written as part of the original source material but becomes widely accepted or or influential mm-hmm. and accepted by the fans mm. so that i feel like that's a really good example of fanon because it was it was something that like was uh you know whoever created Whoever originally wrote down the T didn't do anything with it, right? And so people later on who were fans and creating more um, material were like, well, we'll decide this. And then everybody else was like, okay. (laughs) 
I think a good example of this is that I used to read a lot of X-Men fan fiction, mm-hmm. listen, and uh, <laughs> like specifically X-Men Evo fan fi- evolution yeah. the TV show. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was super into it. But the, the writers as a whole made decisions about the characters that didn't de- come through in the, mo- in the TV show. So like Rogue and um, what's his face? Uh, the blue one, Beast. Nightcrawler. Rogue and Nightcrawler are there's so many blue ones. I know, right? (laughs) I literally are like kind of related because Nightcrawler is um, Mystique's son, Mm -hmm. and in this TV show, uh, Rogue was kind of raised by um, Mystique. So, like, they are technically in some way like brother and sister. However, it doesn't really come through in the show. Like, sometimes they talk about how fucked up their mom is, but, like, other than that, they're not, like, super brother and sister. Like, in the fanfiction, 2A1, all of them are, like, brother and sister, I will die for you. Like, <laughs> it's just, like, this didn't, this wasn't a thing. Yeah, <laughs> like right. You're really taking it to some place that what, didn't need to be, or wasn't supposed yeah. to go. Is it bad but that everybody... I, I thought you were going to be like, they were fucking. Yeah. Like, well, well sometimes be... that happened too, because oh. they're technically not related. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like. There's got to be a trope about that. TNR, right. technically not related. Uh. <laughs> yes, there is, there is. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so strange. I thought it was really strange and, like, who decided this? Like, who, as a whole, did we just, like, decide this was going to happen? So I found it fun and interesting. That kind of thing happens, too, and, like, um, like even today it's happening. Like, um, the video game Overwatch, where they have all these, like, um, characters that are really emotive, and it's made by Blizzard, who's, like, really good at, like, driving characters uh, and making character-driven games. They, uh, they have these characters, and, like, the fans are crazy about them. And it's just like a shooter game. There's really no reason for them to have any personality whatsoever, but they all do, yeah. and they're all very distinctive. And uh, the fans really wanted like some subset of those characters to be gay, and like <laughs> there was no way for that to like really come through because like they just shoot each other a lot. But then, um, as part of their marketing materials, Blizzard would release like little animations and little like story like movies about them and comics and things. And in one of the comics, they made like the main like hot chick character that all the dudes are after. Totally made her gay. And, like, gave her a girlfriend and everything. And that it was is so funny. really adorable. And it was, like, definitely, like, I think part of the community being, like, some someone's got to be gay in this group. Like, there's got to be a gay person. Gay. Yeah. Listen, there I need some outlet for this. <laughs> yeah. Right? I no longer get yaoi. I need some outlet. <laughs> but that's a really interesting thing, too, because uh, we've, we've touched on this in other episodes where we talk about, like, well, when does it not, like, belong to you anymore? So, like fans pushing creators into places of like, hey, there's no reason why there couldn't be a gay character mm-hmm. or a trans character or whatever. Um, you didn't write anybody specifically into a weird kind of role, so why not? Mm-hmm. And then the creators being like, you know what? You're right. Sure, why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah, or some <clears throat> some creators being like, fuck you, they're all straight. Yeah. Right. And, like, doubling down and being like, okay. <laughs> um, but that is a popular uh, fan fiction trope slash, like, men slash, or a male character and another male character. It's called Slash. Like <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm trying to explain it for someone who doesn't know yeah. what Slash is. Um, gay fan fiction. <laughs> slash fiction, yeah. 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 Ooh, yeah. 
that's, there's a whole world. I feel like that's going to be a rabbit hole that we fall down in and just kind of get ourselves all like <laughs> guys, upset. Oh my God, guys. I Yesterday, this is like un, kind of unrelated, but I'm going to say it anyways. Emily, you can cut this out. I found okay. on Twitter yesterday a whole community of people who are like role-played characters f- from TV shows and stuff. So I saw one from like, like that was role-playing Aggregetsko. Agur- I don't know. The, the the fox from the Sanyo uh, new show where oh, she's also like yeah. a metalhead secretly. Yeah. She was role-playing that one. I saw one that was role-playing Amy from Sonic. There was like hundreds of them. They were all just like weirdly posting their stats about how long they've been role-playing. Like 16 years of role-play experience and like all these other things. And it was like I was very unsure what the deal was. It was yeah. some kind of like weird pay-for-role-playing thing or... But they were all, like, definitely in the realm of fanfiction. It was really fascinating to watch them, like, go through their Twitter accounts. So they're, like, posting, they're on Twitter as this person? Yeah, as as the character. Character. And they're being paid by Sanrio, or? No, no, this is, like, unofficial fan stuff. And I don't understand why they were posting all their, their stats, except, like, if you had to, like, advertise in some way that you're good at role playing. And a lot of them like, have, like, why? sexual stats on there, too. Like, here are my limits, ah! here's what I'm not going to do, here's, like, what I will do in roleplay. What? That also are feels they... funny to me. It's like, I'm real good at roleplay. Like, yeah. okay. Like, <laughs> what does that mean? How do you quantify that? Like, <laughs> I mean, you yeah. must be able to somehow, but also it's like, you, you might be a little bit too deep into it. Yeah. Almost. I mean, because I think about, like, when I play D&D, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I roleplay real good in the sense that the dice which are a total chance item, <laughs> tend to roll in my favor. <laughs> like, I, that is, that's very strange. I found strange. it fascinating. I was, in, I was looking at all these different Twitter accounts for hours, just like... <laughs> what is this? Yeah, exactly. And they, they would change every once in a while. Like Sometimes they'd be like, well, you know what? I'm just not feeling this character anymore. I'm going to change it. I'm going to become someone else. And they would. And like the next tweet from that character would be a different character. It'd be like Mr. Shmee from the, from the Peter Pan movie. And you're like... Oh okay. my god, this is so weird. <laughs> this is why I kink shame, guys. Um, <laughs> you're just like all about kink shame. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is why I kink shame. It's a useful tool. Some, I'm going to use it. <laughs> that's right. It's it's useful sometimes. No, um, I'm going back to slash fiction. One of my co-hosts from my other podcast wants to start a podcast about in sync slash fiction wow. and just like reading in sync slash fiction, which is and I am because all Lance Bass for is it. actually like gay and in a like relationship. I think he has kids. I'm like that doesn't feel that creative. <laughs> no, I mean this this stuff was written when they were like popular and they were all supposedly straight. Uh, okay, and so and I find real people slash fan fiction super creepy. <laughs> Agreed, but um. It's there is a subset of people who are really into it. I mean, and more power. To Somebody's into everything. Yeah, there's yeah. not really this is for why me. I kink shame. This is why I kink shame. <laughs> um, I prefer the Sherlock and um, Watson slash. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So that's another. Since we're talking about what fan, we like. Uh, <laughs> that's another fan in that all the fans have decided they're super gay. Yeah, just like they've just decided that they're hot for each other. Um. <laughs> And I think the creators are flirting with that kind of thing. They, like, do things to encourage the fans. They can definitely play into it. Like, when you know that everybody wants something, but you don't want to put it in your work, you can definitely just be like, maybe just have them wink at each other. Give them, like, a lot of of source material to draw on for that one, like, thing they love. (laughs) It's like, okay, so in this scene, 
they're gonna fall they do the classic like fall on each other and then be like you know nose to nose and then you know but they're hiding so they have to be really quiet and they can't move so they're go. just like suspended in this moment of like almost kissing okay yeah that sounds good we'll shoot that tomorrow <laughs> yeah right i'll like, give those ooh, guys enough to oh, write about for yeah, like, years oh yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah, so uh, Sherlock the worst part... 6969, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part is that some people write like straight up erotica, sometimes real people erotica, sometimes fan fiction erotica, and like hand it to the people who are who are those characters. Like there was a famous incident where the person who played Data <gasps> yes. uh, received a a manuscript, I guess, of like really hardcore erotica from somebody of his character with the um security officer from the beginning of the yeah yeah (laughs) so them just like going at it and he was like what am i supposed to do with this (laughs) right and they're like you're welcome here you go you're welcome well i I think there's also like illustrations too (laughs) so like like data naked laid out on uh, rule 34 yeah there's porn of it (laughs) there's porn of it but, um, yeah, so we didn't What's define fan fiction. Not that I... <laughs> <laughs> Rule 34? Just get to write that down for research later. You'd There's actually a book it called Rule 34. You. Really? Which deals with this. Yeah. I When I saw it, I laughed out loud. I was like, oh, God. Is it, is it like it's, a scholarly book or is it like a fun no, coffee table book? It's, well, no, it's specifically <laughs> referencing the Rule 34. Right. But it's... A, it's a, I think it's like a mystery and like people are dying and something about Rule 34. I can't remember. That's but the, dumb. It should just be a copy yeah. of the book of a bunch of weird porn. That's yeah, what it should be. <laughs> That's what it should be. It's like Rule 34. Um, Trucks, fucking dragons, like. <laughs> like Back to that. Full circle. <laughs> Full circle. It, if I mean, you're a long time listener, this paid off for you. <laughs> We were talking about the weird transhumanism. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, let's call it a fancy name to make it less weird. Elsa uh, and that, that guy from the Game of Thrones, the ice ice zombie guy. Yeah, the ice king or whatever. Banging all day. Just all the things. Yeah. Ice cubes. <laughs> ice cubes. Icicles. That would be... Icicles fucking ice cubes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Making little guys, ice babies. Guys, teenagers listen to this. Can we move that's on? That's true. Hi, teenagers. <clears throat> so that's another kind of fan fiction. <laughs> so fan fiction, let's just, let's uh, define that, is that is fiction written by fans that use the source material as a source, but then go off into, and there's like AUs, which is like uh, alternative universes, mm-hmm. where they like take all the characters and set it in, like, a coffee shop or set it in, like, a modern day or something And comic like books that. have really, like, embraced that as well in terms of, like, there are tons of, like, um, like the Marvel universe and, like, oh, yeah. X-Men comics right. where they're, like, so, like, there are zombies or they take place in, like, the, you know... The dinosaur world. The dinosaur world or the 16th yeah. century well, or whatever. Well, it actually gets officially written in as, like, the new 52... Maybe that's not the right thing. But, like, isn't there, like, a comic series, like, one of those big superhero comics where there's just, like, an infinite multiverse of of uh, these heroes doing their own thing and, like, whenever they get bored, they can just hop to another universe. Yeah. Well, there... Yeah, and there's, like, one, one series where they take all of the X-Men and put them in, like, 1776. Yeah. yeah. Just, like, for funsies. And then, I mean, there's an established um, thing in X-Men where there is... 
I think it's called the Forbidden World or the Forbidden Land, which is full of dinosaurs. Yeah. And, like, they go there on occasion. And it's just, like, this thing that they've used so often that now it's, like, an established, like, place that they go sometimes. <laughs> oh, you so, remember, you remember when we did that? And everyone's like, yeah, good times. <laughs> well, they do that in Star Trek, too. Like, I think almost every Star Trek series has, like, an alternate universe, a couple alternate universe episodes. Like, either they're in the holodeck and they... They right. can't get out, and so they have to live their lives in that alternate universe. Or, literally, in the case of Deep Space Nine, there is an alternate universe they figured out how to go to where all the char- good characters are evil and all the bad characters are good, and things are crazy there. <laughs> and, like, God, it's it's so, it's so bad. I hate those episodes so much. But <laughs> there was, like, four or five of them throughout the series. And Yeah, because I, dis- I distinctly remember one of, like, Jean-Luc being back in, like, I guess, like, his family's estate being a wine winery mm-hmm. person Wine or something bang. oh you know a winery man <laughs> and like and just being like this is clearly i feel clearly to satisfy like the the yeah. fans of the show who are like but what if he wasn't a spaceship <laughs> captain and it's like okay fine here that's what that would look like and then boom he wakes up it was all a dream so back to, <laughs> back to the universe we established originally i don't i don't mean to to Actually, you. But I did actually watch that episode recently, <laughs> and uh, he—that was right after he. Spoiler alert! Twenty years later, he got turned into a Borg. Yeah. And he had to take some time off because he was turned into a Borg. So that's right. He went, he went back person. to Earth to his family's estate and uh, like did the winery man thing for. A it, while. But it was a winery man. Yeah. He, yeah. Okay. His that's... family's estate is a winery, and he was there and like helping out. And his brother was like. This is why you should never have become a Starfleet captain because you got turned into a Borg. And he's like, <laughs> "What are you talking about?" That's like classic. Like that's why you shouldn't have sex because <laughs> right. now chlamydia. And it's like, <laughs> I okay. <laughs> Too late for that though. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably not going to happen again. Also, I got cured. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got cured. It's a treatable thing now. And then at the end, he goes back to being a Starship captain. Yeah, because he's like, "Fuck this place." <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. You know what? I'd rather be a Borg than be with you. <laughs> Family, so do, family conflict. Mm-hmm. Family conflict. So, so that brings up extended universes because Star Trek has an extended universe as well, right? They have books oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. are, I guess the books are canon, but they don't necessarily, I have never read these books, but I know dad reads them. We should have asked him <laughs> um, whether or not they're canon, but I guess they're canon. Like, why would they write them if they weren't canon? Money. Well, money, it, well, let's also talk about... Oh, so, okay. Extended Universe is like extra bits of information coming from the creators that I would say you, traditionally is considered canon. Yes. Would you agree? <clears throat> yeah, I think fan fiction is almost almost never considered canon. How And, right. that's, and that's when we talked about fanon. Like, there are certain ideas that could be widely acceptable or accepted by fans... And, and kind of taken as part of canon, but it's not necessarily canon, right? Mm-hmm. And then with Extended Universe, um, when I was researching the Star Wars Extended Universe, they were talking about, like, yeah, this is stuff that is produced by Lucasfilms or is officially licensed by them. So that's I think that's how it uh, differentiates. Yeah. Like, an Extended Universe is something that, like, right, the creators, like, put a big checkbox with their, like, approval on it versus fanon, which is, like, we as the fans accept this. Mm-hmm. 
And I think um, I do want to talk about Harry Potter, but let's talk about Star Tra- Star Wars first, because Star Wars is a unique case in which George Lucas was in charge of the content for a very long time, and he okayed these books, and he okayed the first six movies, hmm. um, and he okayed like the there was the cartoons, yeah. oh, like Clone um, Wars and Clone Wars cartoons. Yeah. So and he, Rebels he, is now another one. Yeah. Yeah, so he's, like, he's checked off on all of these, except, I don't know about Rebels, because now Disney has it. Yeah, no, Rebels is newer. So, now Disney has it, and they're making this content, and they are now the creators, and so it's, like, what is canon and what is not? Now that they've created, for instance, um, The Force Awakens, that changes things that were established in the book, in the extended universe so now the fans are kind of in this dilemma of like what is canon because now we have two what is truth because now we have two competing creators um and george lucas i think has now said that the the books are no longer canon but like they were they were truth for a long time and now they're not like it seems odd some x-men bullshit well and it is it is kind of it feels a little like oh Okay, I, I guess you can do that if you want to. I guess because <laughs> it, because it is their it's their like their property to to license and mm-hmm. give permission to as they desire. But that was one of the things before we started recording. I just I remember feeling like in the newer films. So right, if like in the extended universe, Han and Leia had three children, mm-hmm. and. You know, and they... Two of them were twins, right? Yeah. So they had a set of twins and then a third son. Um, or their third child was a son. Because they had a daughter and a son that were twins. Um, which also is like, makes sense, right? Because Leia's a twin, so she'd be more likely to have twins. Anyway, Twins, yeah. They So they got rid of the other, the other siblings. And then they also named their son Ben. Which I was like, first of all, I get... This is going to be a weird thing. Again, Emily, I'm going <laughs> to leave some space on the back and the front end of this so that you can edit it out. Why the fuck does everybody else get, like, these really kind of cool, interesting, different names? And then the Skywalker family is all like, Ben, Luke, Leia. Like, I have a theory that common names are one-syllable names. Leia being the exception. Han, Ray. Luke, Ben, they're like all one syllable. And like in terms of like linguistics, alien linguistics, it's easier to have a one syllable name. <laughs> That's interesting. Like you might not be able to pronounce a whole like 10 syllable name, but you can pronounce even if you have, you know, air sacs on the sides of your head, like one syllable. Or yeah, close. exactly. Interesting. So, so yeah, um, so they named Kylo Ren's, his real name is Ben, is which ben. Pre- presumably after Ben Kenobi, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. Which, like, Luke had the most connection with. So I don't know why well, Han and Leia sent... would be like, oh, yeah, we're going to name him Ben. You're my only hope, Obi-Wan. Yeah, she doesn't call she him Ben. Him... She calls him Obi-Wan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Like, she doesn't know that's him. That's a dumb name. She don't know him like that, okay? <laughs> ben was, like, ben... his, like, Hidey name. Though. Yeah. That, that, like, Ben was his, like, Heidi name or whatever. But, mm-hmm. like, so you have just the one son... Named after Ben Kenobi and like, or do you right? It just, no, just which is like again. So like, 
that's all fine. You just erased, like, his siblings or whatever. <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess you can do that. But then having the, like, but they left in. So here's the things that they just kind of pick and chose because they still established, Luke still established the new Jedi Order, the new temple, and had disciples. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then presumably Ben went all Anakin <laughs> and murdered all the babies. Yeah, which is awful. Or left with them, right? We don't really know. I guess that might get addressed in the next film. But it's just kind of like, they they literally are like, oh, well, they're they're still like keeping or taking from the original source material, the original extended universe, the original canon, and then just changing it where they want to. So like simplifying it, I think, into like, instead of three children, they'll have one child. Uh, Luke still will start the new temple. But we'll have him, and you know, I think I think Ben Solo is like a combination of a couple of different characters from the original universe. I think it's interesting because this whole situation is not necessarily unnavigable for fans. Like it's clear where the rules are, but it also shows the machinery of like how this works that has been up until this point invisible but acknowledged, mm-hmm. like. So we acknowledge that whatever the creator says goes, and we acknowledge that um, if they change their mind about something, they can change it. But we don't necessarily think of a new creator coming in and changing the rules of the old creator. And it's kind of just like showing all of, like the man behind the curtain, basically. You know? Yeah, it's a good way of putting it. The God and the Machine. I want to talk really quickly about two kind of related elements of... of canonness is that a it's all really fuzzy like you, there's no like direct immediate way to like decide canon like there's no rubric you can use it's all kind of just right. like a lot of things coming together to like kind of solidify around an idea in the fiction that makes it canon so like the creator saying yes to something is like is a really good big part of that but then the fans really wanting it to be true is also another one or like not actually being explicitly addressed in the fiction and the fans wanting it to be true is, like, a way that it can, like, calcify. Yes, Um, that's true. And there's lots of other ways that this can, like, happen, that uh, canon is created. Um, And so it's not like... And this is something, too, with adaptations and and reboots we talked about last time. Like, we tried to come up with a very good rubric for, like, how to determine... uh, And what we decided on was, like, if it switches mediums... It's a, a adaptation, and if it's within the same medium, it's a reboot. That's like a part, like a a th- rule of thumb. Like, there's a lot of like you know, variation and and possibly there's always exceptions. Yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, a lot of what we're talking about it as canon or as not canon, or the the ways in which canon gets created, is very loosey goosey. So these are really our opinions and whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. I do want to talk, because uh, you mentioned where the fans reject canon. And I think that's happened with Harry Potter. Like, so we have the seven books, which are canon. Mm-hmm. And then we have Pottermore, which is a bunch of writings directly from the creator about the characters. And generally, it's considered canon. Um, and, like, yeah, because it's signed off by the creator. It's written by supposedly by the creator so everyone's cool with that. But then Cursed Child comes along, and it's not written by the creator. And it's it changes a lot of things and, like, subverts people's expectations. So not only is it 
It's just something they didn't want to see, I think. <laughs> They're like, you and know like, what? We didn't actually need this. Because, okay, spoiler alerts for Curse Child, guys. I'm sorry, but you just got to read it. Have you guys read it? No. Nope, I don't care, though. Go for I it. I okay. don't really care either. A very I'll still read mild, it. very mild spoiler is that Harry Potter's kid is a Slytherin. Oh. And, yeah, Dirt. and, like, I think, honestly, that is what upsets a bunch of people that his his emo teenage son becomes a Slytherin and I'm like well (laughs) yes um and he has his best friend Scorpius is Draco Malfoy's son and he is a cinnamon bun of a human being and I mean the the fanon is that they're like super gay for each other of course the fanon not even the fanon it is pretty obvious in um that Harry Potter's son is gay and Scorpius is not, because he's after ladies all the time. But Harry Potter's son has a huge thing for Scorpius. Oh. And, like, that is such a small part of the play, so I'm making it sound like that's the whole thing. But, um, and they have adventures together, some really fucked up adventures. But. Like, hide the salami. <laughs> <laughs> like, hide the salami. <laughs> Nothing sexual, they are children. Like, <laughs> we have to lay upon each other very quietly or else we'll be detected. <laughs> right. <laughs> Gonna, that is the fan fiction version. Inhale your breath, Scorpius. <laughs> it's for magic. For magic. It's for magic. For, uh. for magic. But um, you know they have these adventures, right? and like some of these adventures involve a time turner, which, as we all know, they were all broken and discarded or destroyed because the rest of the books don't work if there's still a time turner around. <laughs> right. But Apparently, there is a time someone turner. Someone made one or whatever. Someone's hiding a time turner, and someone fucked Voldemort, and someone had a baby, and it's a problem. <laughs> oh, yeah, so that's part of it. Um, so it like, sounds like, so from what you're talking about, and the fact that like fans were kind of generally ugh about it, is that like you can take things so far that people are just like, nope. That was the yeah, thing exactly. About, yeah, is why the idea of canon is even useful at all, and like. To me, it mm-hmm. seems that it's useful because you don't want to confuse the people who are, you know, doing you the honor of, like, spending their time reading and understanding and, like, engaging with your work. And so if you casually discard everything that they've come to love about a work, it's seen as, like, a disservice and, like, your fans will rebel. So to It's like a the, relationship yeah, that exactly. they're like, yeah. I've literally spent however many years... In this, world. in this world and like reading about it and learning about it and spending my time and energy and now we're broken up and I feel just like yeah. I completely wasted my time. Uh, and I'm not going to be interested in, in even whatever else you create in that fictional universe regardless if it's good or not. It doesn't matter because like I'm burned by it. Yeah. And so it's important to like kind of curate like the, the canon of your like you know like like it's a hedge or something. Trim off the pieces that are growing out too crazy and like maybe like encourage new growths in this area or whatever but you kind of have to do that to keep that that relationship and that topiary of your cool universe and your fictional universe like growing and and thriving which is not to say that creators should feel like stunted or just like well Mm -hmm. i can't do anything it's like no it's just like you created something that people like really really appreciate but also if this is going to be your livelihood then yes you do have to kind of like respect that you're putting something out there for public consumption you have to engage with yeah and you have to engage yeah with them and it's once you write it it's not entirely yours exactly Mm -hmm. like goes back to that now it belongs 
belongs partially to other people as well. And if you're going to make changes, you got to be ready for people to not be happy about that or to, I mean, some, a lot of people will embrace your changes if it makes sense to them. Right. But you got to make it make sense. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of part of, I mean, one of the characters in Cursed Child is in every single book, um, one through seven, and just has a completely, it's a very small side character, has like a complete transformation into like a horrible creature. And you're huh. like, what? Like, oh. When did this happen? Yeah, why? This what? doesn't make any and sense. I thought, I personally was delighted by that scene, but a lot of people who hate the book just keep on bringing it up and i'm like but it was hilarious (laughs) that was amazing and they're just like no that's not who that person is i'm like okay so right so there's a great example right there of like how the fans had like taken what was written in the original stories and like and are like no that's not who they were and it's like okay because you know better than the person who created it or it's like it's not that they know better it's just that this is what was like given to us and so we made these very clear kind of logical assumptions yeah and when somebody subverts that it's like nope yeah well it can be (laughs) fun sometimes too like to have something you thought was true about a universe like be turned on its head and oh no you were wrong all along but it makes sense because of these ten reasons. Right. Like, it's a logical change when you think about it. But in some cases, creators can just be like, oh, what if this guy was evil now? And it's like, all right, well, uh, Yeah, and you're like, ugh, whatever. Um, yeah, so, yeah, a lot of people had a problem with that. And I was just like, really? Because that was amazing. <laughs> I thought it was great. Yeah, so also, I mean, it's compounded by the fact that Cursed Child was not written by J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's very well written. I liked it. But it's not written by J.K. Rowling. And it's, like and it's a play. One of the only pieces of material about Harry Potter that isn't written by her, right? Yeah, well, I'm going to assume that writings on Pottermore are not written by her also. Okay. Although, they are all signed by her. Mm. So, that gives it a legitimacy. And, like, she is also mentioned as, like, executive producer for Cursed Child. So, like, she obviously signed off on this. Yeah, she was okay you with know. it happening, but... Yeah, so, I don't know. Um, and maybe she saw it, it as a way, as, like, the creator of the source material. Like, maybe she saw it as a way to say, like, you know, hey, this is doing something completely different that I could not do for exactly mm-hmm. what we were talking about before. It's like, oh, I couldn't do this because people would, you know, tar and feather her. But if it's someone else's right. fan, right. fan, air quotes, in, you can't see fan fiction yeah. that, you know, that I appreciate, then I can, this can still get made. I, and given it a wink so and in, a nod without having to necessarily tarnish my fandom. Right. Right. And in that way, she hasn't exactly said it's canon, and mm-hmm. she hasn't said it isn't canon. So every fan is kind of left to decide for themselves whether or not this these shenanigans really happen. I want something so polarizing like Cursed Child. Maybe that's the best. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Um, I listened to The Quibbler, which is a great podcast. Lauren, you would love this po- podcast. I think we've talked but about they, it before. Yeah, they do not acknowledge Cursed Child as canon. <laughs> and they... They often say that. I don't know. I think they also don't like Pottermore too much, but um, they definitely, like, reject Cursed Child outright as non-canon. <laughs> so I find it interesting how people make these decisions. What I, speaking of what you were talking about, where she gets someone else to write something, I we talked about this in Ilvermorny, but I really wanted um, her to get someone else to write the Ilvermorny books. Or, yeah. I'm, she's not going to write any books, but, like, <clears throat> 
the material for Elver Morney, specifically someone who is Native American, right. because apparently she's decided that this is a joint happy-go-lucky club with Native Americans, <laughs> like that ever happened. Um, <sighs> so, yeah, I'm like, just like Google it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> magic things kind of like, things like race just go away. What? Yeah, I yeah. guess so. Like, I can't, and the I next mean, school, social constructs. The yeah, the British lady writing the next like magic school opening up in India. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Happy go lucky. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. in with us. <laughs> We're gonna go to chakra class. No, no. stop it. Stop. See, if she got some Indian writers to write it, I'd be all for it. But I don't think she will. So I think it'd be interesting if that book. Um, was like all about like basically about colonization, but the colonization of magic of India. Like the English wizards come over and they start trying to do English magic there, and the Indians are like, "No, what is this? This is gross." Yeah, and like there's like and may- a conflict in the magic school about the different types of magic that are practiced. So, for instance, maybe the English magic is like the school curriculum, but then the Indian magic is like what the kids do on the side, and like yes. it starts becoming a conflict about what kind of magic they're learning. And in the end. Maybe they come together in an agreement. I was going to say, or it could be realistic, and actually the Indian magicians wouldn't be allowed into the English school. Yeah, possibly even. And that could be the source of the conflict. Maybe competing schools, they have like, you know, hedge schools for Indian people and like, you know, official schools for um, English kids. I don't know. And the reason reason we're bringing this up is because we want you, the listener, to contact us if you're interested in writing this. (laughs) That's right. Uh, we're TM, throwing TM, out these TM. great ideas here. <laughs> Only a small fee for the idea. If you right. Write it. That's right. That's but right. Um, but I think it's the same suggestions. idea. We're <laughs> suggestions. Suggestions at Supporttechpuppies.com. Suggestions at LifeNarrated.com. But that's why, you know, the reason we're like, haha, joking about this, though, is because that's a kind of what she did by putting... It in the context of like the Native American school, yeah, and magic and yeah. that sort of thing. So it's like, hey, that's something that is really, it's really sensitive. It's something that's still happening. We're still talking about it. We're still struggling with it, and like we're still dumping oil on their land. Yeah, oil. there's there's a lot of things about that which is like, you know, oh yeah, the wizarding school in America, and it's like that comes with all these like strings attached. So it's like. Keep keep writing, keep creating ideas, but again, like there has to be a way where it's done. You have to be mindful. Yeah, Listen, that's like straight up cultural appropriation because you haven't done the work. You haven't considered the actual ramifications of what this would really be like. And that's when I think something like fan fiction or even fanon, written by somebody who has that voice, would be yeah. like a really great thing, and it wouldn't be. Um, I think Rowling would have a, a really easy time saying, like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. I'll sign off on this and make this canon. No. Yeah. Also, there's the yeah. B element that, like, she's one woman. So, like, having other people write different, like, parts of this narrative, this Harry Potter narrative, is a good idea. Like, having someone, yeah. like, whose job it is to take over all the books related to North America mm. and all their wizarding schools and someone whose job it is to take over all those books related to India and their wizarding schools... And have her as, like, the manager of these other writers. I would be in for that. I think that would be really good. Because then you could kind of compartmentalize it, too, and be like, well, the Indian school books are not really that great, but it wasn't J.K. Rowling, so our expectations are different, if not better or worse, you know? Right. 
Right. And it could be, I mean, it would be a different voice and style, mm-hmm. but it would be because it's a different country you know, right. altogether. Exactly. It's a different culture. It's like a really good way of breaking up the, the responsibility work because if J.K. Rowling has to write it all, you know, it'll be a hundred years before we finish like the whole, you know, the whole universe of yeah. the magic. Schools. And when you look at it historically, like Britain is all about like colonization mm-hmm. up until a certain point in their history. So it, it, it like, it would kind of, you could fit that into a historical context of like, yes, it makes sense that like if wizards and witches were everywhere, then they right. were going out to, you know, two places like India, two places like Africa. But then that becomes, because we know like, you know, colonization is not great, <laughs> what, whatever. Right. It, you know, there has to be some sensitivity taken with that material, even if it makes sense like historically right. as like a... Mm. A next stepping stone, or what have you. Yeah. So I feel like Elver Morney was that like stepping stone, but let's be real, it was also created because they wanted to do the Fantastic Beast franchise. Yeah. So they had to establish something. I would be really interested in having them develop Elver Morney and that school into more content. But like I would, like I said, I need I need some 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 brown people in there mm. because if we're gonna take their magic, we gotta have <laughs> them involved somehow. Unless, I mean, unless we follow the rest of U.S. history, which didn't do that. But right. Um, I mean, there has to be a nod anyway. to it somehow. Yeah, I and mean, we should talk more about canon instead of Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll talk about Harry Potter all the day. Oh long, gosh, but, I know it. <laughs> but we wanted to talk about adaptations and how that affects canon. Uh, and we talked last time about how reboots sometimes replace canon. Um, we're talking about like Spider-Man. You know, mm-hmm. the Spider-Man reboot replaced the original uh, movies. Um, and I. Don't know how much more we have to say about that. <laughs> I mean, it can sometimes. Like, yeah, if, if the movie, if the reboots or the adaptations are better than the original, then it's easy for fans and everyone else to be like, yeah, just let's pretend this is what happened instead of those other three movies that are terrible. Right, exactly. And, like, that's fair. That's, like, a fair second shot. But if it's worse, then it's like a, uh, you're curating the canon poorly. You're cutting that, that bonsai tree in a very bad way. And all the fans are now confused, and they're like, what is this garbage? So you really and have to like, be confident that your work is, is good. Yeah, and that's when they will reject canon. Like, that's right. another place where, where canon gets rejected, when you do a shitty job mm-hmm. of, like, rebooting it. They're like, no, no, no. Let me, this again, bring work. up the reboot reboot that is just not reboot. <laughs> it's not It's not what, they, it's not, what it's about. It's not what they do. Yeah. You're, it's literally, uh, you're, <clears throat> like, <laughs> like... Very extremely loosely based on this idea <laughs> right. of this children's cartoon from the 90s. Yeah. I saw it well, once from far away, and this is what I've decided. <laughs> right, yeah. my, my son was watching it once, and I like saw five minutes of it spaced out throughout the 20-minute episode, <laughs> and I've decided this is what's happening. It's like, what if instead... <laughs> instead of this show... <laughs> it's the, Okay, so imagine imagine this reboot, right? Uh, it takes place in the real world. Um, it's so not inside a computer. It uh, is teen cops, and <laughs> and everybody dies at the end, or you know, just yeah. like it's like Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, it's like, it, and Power Rangers. Let's do like, it. Well, that sounds like its own thing, doesn't it? Like, why do we need to? That is functionally different than reboot, which is about people who who are computer pieces, like they yeah. are computer the bits sprites. in the yeah. computer. Yeah. Um, anyways. 
That's bonkers. But so, yeah, um, trying trying to change the canon of the original show, I think, is suicide. But mm-hmm. <laughs> well, can we think of a uh, a reboot where they significantly change? I mean, besides reboot, um, where they significantly changed the canon, like um, the new Star Trek movies and the new and the new Star Wars movies. Like those are both really good examples of them just like throwing everything away and being like. Uh. But I will yeah, say, in both true. of those cases, they did damage control about their canon. They didn't just put it out there and, like, hope that people accepted it. They yeah. specifically, just, like, talked about what had come before and how it fits together as a, as a coherent thing. So in the Star Trek, it's a different, like, specifically a different universe where James T. Kirk still exists and, like, the Enterprise still exists and, like, Spock from the other universe makes, like, a cameo in one of the, the movies. That's right! And so, like, they talk about it and they figure it out and they work with the source material while at the same time still throwing it away. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Like, this is a new universe so the canon is different here and that's fine. And in the Star Wars, they, um, they, they didn't, like, kind of try to integrate it as much but they did specifically come out and, and, like, specifically say, like, that extended universe stuff no longer happens, guys, sorry. Instead of just being like, you figure it out. But they know? said, like, Ray still got, like, Luke's original lightsaber and everybody yeah. was like, how the fuck did that happen? My, one of my favorite memes was like when she's when Ray's like hit, reaching out to hand Luke his original lightsaber, and then Luke is just like staring her down, and then it cuts back to Ray, and then the final panel was like, "Did you find a hand with that?" Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like where did that go? Yeah, like how the okay, that's really yeah. It's like how the fuck did you get this thing? But the, I think that was like what you were saying, where it's like it wasn't like explicitly done, but it's like, hey, here's this. Here's this lightsaber from A New Hope. Yeah. Remember when Remember? It, they cut off his hand and it went down that tube to wherever it went? <laughs> down to hell. Down and then the whole building was destroyed. Hell. Right? Remember that part? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think that was, like, their way of, like, you know, kind of tipping their hat without explaining anything. Like, we're all still very, like, okay. And then Luke okay. takes it and, like, throws it over his shoulders, like, literally... This doesn't matter anymore, right? Like that's how yeah. I that's how I took that. I was like, oh, this is them taking that. Like here's this here's this one like thread of connection, and then Luke's literally like, doesn't matter anymore. Let's <laughs> that's a really good point. Here. Yeah, we're gonna do our own thing. Yeah. Well, and there's another a moment like that in the newest movie, um, where like they some voiceover says something like, "This is the this is not an ending." When like all the rebels are trapped in that that weird base and they're trying to get out through the rocks and yeah. like but this is a beginning and like she moves all the rocks with her mind and stuff. And it's like, that was like specifically talking to the fans. Like this is like everything, you know, is gone now. We're starting with new stuff. So like, yeah, forget it, get over it. <laughs> um, I have two comments to make. I really think that the new Luke Skywalker, the old grizzled Luke Skywalker is very much just Mark Hamill. Yeah. <laughs> like being himself. And I love it. I'm okay with Cause it. Mark Hamill is a treasure, but also, um, I appreciate at the end, they they kind of open up, because for the whole Star Wars, it's like only specific people can do this Force thing. It's it's genetic, it's, mm-hmm. you know, very special. But in, in the last movie, um, what is the last movie that just came out? Um, where they go to that, like, Monte Carlo type place yeah, with yeah. the racing horses. Well... As they're panning away, one of those, like, stable boys is using the Force. Yeah. And you're like, 
Ugh. I mean, so but there are I, Jedi all over the place. Like, he could just be, like, a Jedi. But there aren't. No, no, no. There's the a, there's last a difference. Jedi. There's, there's a difference. Bloodline there's a point. difference between, like, becoming. So there are children. This is how the Jedi Order began. There are children who are born with, like, force sensitivity. Mm-hmm. And they were collected, like, essentially, like, sought out by the Jedi Temple and said, like, hey, like, you have this high metachlorian count, I guess, is what they would tell yeah. people. And they would. <laughs> Like, give them the opportunity to come and... So, like, there are hedge Jedi, is, like, the point. Yeah, so it's, like... But so they're not Jedi, they're Force-sensitive. You go to the temple to learn how to cultivate your powers and learn their doctrine, and that is what makes you a Jedi. Might I say there's even canon? uh, I think part of it is that in the movies, it was not clear that that was the case. It focused on this very small pool, just like this one family's Mm -hmm. kind of arc. That they, and so they would make, a lot of people could make a argument that, oh, they're not related to the Skywalkers, so they couldn't have the Force. Obviously, that's not how this universe works, Mm -hmm. but... But we don't know how the universe works anymore. They got (laughs) rid of everything. But at the, I liked at the end that they... They democratized, basically, uh, the Force, because this little urchin kid was using the Force just, like, casually, (laughs) and, like, he didn't know what he was doing, and you're like, yes, I want to know more. (laughs) Yeah, it's this, I think it's this idea that if, like, almost like if a tree falls in the woods sort of thing and nobody's there to hear it, so it's like, oh, there's people all over the universe who are Force-sensitive, but if nobody's, like, telling them, this is what this is, this is how you can harness it. Do, you know, doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. So they're yeah. basically like, "Oh yeah, I can stir my spoon with my mind." Okay, there's one last thing I want to talk about is head cannon, which I think is a oh, cool idea. Yeah, we didn't talk about head cannon. Head cannon is basically a cannon that doesn't conflict with the actual accepted canon of a of a universe, but it's something that you personally believe and and like to to believe. And so it kind right. of is like fanon a little bit, except fanon can conflict with the canon of a universe sometimes. Head cannon specifically. Is something that you believe that is like completely legit with the canon. It just hasn't been addressed. So, like Emily thinking that the new Luke Skywalker is just Mark Hamill mm. is, is her <laughs> is her head canon. Right. You My can you canon. can believe that, and no one can tell you you're wrong because, like, maybe who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Absolutely. Emily, do you have some other favorite head canons that you like? I was trying to think of some because we so we did an episode about. Um, crazy fan theories which was super fun but i think the audio was fucked up so we never ended up <laughs> posting it and we talked <laughs> yeah yeah we have so many so we talked about how uh different things are headcanon and i'm trying to remember any of the things we talked about i don't know what about you guys do you have any uh... let's just like cut this out and say like oh, fan theories can be headcanon harry potter headcanons that will change how you read the books okay let's go like here's one that i believe is headcanon i truly believe that nobody gives the first years a map of the castle because they're trying to thin the herd <laughs> it's a weed out <laughs> class yeah i mean that's valid as shit castle navigation like, that's something that I just believe where it was just like... Yeah. So here is some really good uh, Harry Potter headcanon, not like your dumb BuzzFeed quiz. Yeah. Fred the Gryffindor ghost, that he became a Gryffindor ghost and just like plays pranks on people and him and Peeves get up to some shit. And he becomes Peeves' buddy. Yeah. That's um, kind of sad, though. Yeah. Fudge mentions in 1996 that the previous prime minister tried to throw him out a window Said Prime Minister was Margaret Thatcher. 
oh, here's another one that um, it in the first book there, like, parents are reminded that first years are not allowed to bring their own broomsticks, and uh, the headcanon is, until James Potter and Sirius Black arrived at Hogwarts, this was not a rule. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny, actually. Here's a really good one. Okay. I'm going to cut out most of this because it's really rambly, but number five. If there was another boy in the Marauder's dorm, he probably decided to stay as far away from them as possible. <laughs> it was probably Kingsley Sh- Shacklebond. <laughs> That's funny for you guys. Who is that? <laughs> Kingsley. He was... He's like this, the Auror, um, in, and he's like super serious. He actually becomes, um... The Minister of Magic. Uh, the Minister of Magic at the end. But he's like a super serious dude, uh, and I find that hilarious. Yeah. Um, so it's like, Fred and George had the Marauder's Map for the first however many years, saw their little brother in bed with a man named Peter Pettigrew, didn't say anything, didn't judge right? him. <laughs> didn't say anything, didn't judge him. Just like, okay. Yeah, these are pretty uh, fun things, but they're not exactly headcanon because they're like things that people have made up. I guess they are headcanon. Things that people have made up to explain things. But <laughs> So last thing we need to talk yeah. about is Easter eggs. Um, uh, Lauren, you wanted to talk about this. Yeah, Easter eggs are just great because essentially what an Easter egg is, You, I think of them as in like a film or I guess another visual media. So if you're watching like a TV series or something, but a lot of times they are visual to a source material to Canon. Um, But one of my favorite ones is in the original X-Men movie Mm -hmm. when they're about to go, like they're all in their like leather suits or whatever. And Logan's like, you know, this is weird. And then, Scott Summers Cyclops is like, what would you prefer? Yellow spandex? Which is great because that's exactly what Wolverine wore. I mean, I guess he had had different, he had different outfits. Outfits. But But they were all yellow. yellow Yeah, it was like yellow and blue or yellow and brown, but they were all yellow. So that one I thought was really great. And then I think that um, in the new Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and I think in some of the Thor movies, they have scenes with the Collector. And that's like a oh, right. great, like little Easter egg drop, uh, yeah. Because the collector has all these different things, and so like I think it's in that I'm tra- I'm trying to remember if it's in one of the like after after scenes, the credit scenes, um, in Thor where they're taking one of the elementals or whatever to the collector, and you see the cocoon. That Adam Warlock is in. And then they reference that again in another um, Guardians movie. But anyways, there's just like all these little like winks and nods to stuff that are part of the canon. Yeah, I'm thinking mostly about Disney movies. They do this a lot in Disney movies. Yeah. Like you'll, in Hercules, there's, he's wearing a, a lion pelt that looks like Scar from The Lion King. And um, there's just, I think you can oh, find. Oh, Aladdin, Aladdin, he, uh. Sebastian the Crab shows up. So here's a good right. example of a uh, headcanon I just found. It's that, um, sorry, jumping back there. I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gonna, yeah. But I think I feel like we didn't do a really good example. But one that is a really good one is that um, the Frozen, the parents in Frozen are also Tarzan's parents. So when right. the king and the queen get shipwrecked and presumed dead and makes Anna and her uh, sister Elsa... Um, you know, king, the queens of this this land. The headcanon goes that maybe they didn't actually die, but they got washed up on this tropical island and, and had a son named Tarzan. 
who was then brought yeah. back to the mainland eventually or whatever. And so yeah. those two Disney movies fit together and there's a lot of evidence that can support that, but obviously it's not like a true thing or maybe it is, but like there's no evidence that supports it or debunks it, you know. There's also that kind of playing off of that though. There's also like that they were actually going to Rapunzel's wedding. That right. was like the thing they were going to. So right. like they're also related to Rapunzel and that kingdom. And it draws all the Disney um, stories together in this. All like, the very, royalty. Yeah, yeah, all the monarchs. And it creates this universe out of like these five different movies or whatever. And that's a really... And also like Ariel and Hercules are cousins. Right. It's like a good yeah. example of, of headcanon. Like there's not a whole lot to to disprove that, but also... yeah. Like, and, it's very And it suspect. doesn't hurt anything. It doesn't hurt anything, Because they still right. die. Yeah. They get eaten by a jaguar. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, exactly. Disney, and Disney is not going to, like, come out and be like, they're not related because this helps them. And, like, they even encourage this kind of thing. They, I think they put in uh, the couple from Tangled it, in the coronation scene at yeah. Frozen, yeah. I think. <laughs> so they, like, they encourage this, and they're fine with people thinking this. And I think that's a good, like... Head uh, the fanon, like head canon slash fanon, because some people don't even know it exists. And I want to mention for Easter eggs, that's a good way of like curating your your canon as well. Being like these things are related, and like because you knew about the extended universe, we put this in here, but it doesn't really mean anything. So we get too crazy, but like right. this is for you fans, you know? It's like, a, yeah, it's a nod. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, and ba- uh, at work we're like working on creating this IP that is going to be like seven books and hopefully a movie, and so we're in the stage of like creating where we have to think the we have to keep in mind the long game. Mm-hmm. So like we are creating things as if it's going to be this huge Harry Potter esque thing, and right. so we have to keep all of these details in mind. I mean, even if the book flops, even if I mean we still have to do this work, right? So, and it sometimes it's kind of weird to think, like, oh, fans are going to notice this one day. <laughs> but, like, if it, uh, I, you know, if uh, J.K. Rowling probably didn't even think that, but she she planned for it. Right. You know, in all of these things. She has a lot of, like, long game kind of <laughs> things That's going the on in her books. Yeah. yeah. So, um, we're in the middle of, like, because the, the book has a lot of codes in it, like, secret codes. And so we're trying to, like, we have a video game also that's coming out. So we have a video game and we have a book. And they have to, you know, interact with each other. But you can't, for the game, you can't give away too much of the book. Mm-hmm. Because we still want people to get the book. But we also want people to who play the game to be rewarded for their efforts, you know. Right. So it, I being on this side of the you know the franchise wall is very interesting <laughs> to see how these things like build. I want to hear more about that off uh, off there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's all we have. Yeah. to talk about. That's I think good. that was a great uh, podcast. It was kind of a little different than our other ones, but um, it worked out. Okay, storytellers, thanks for listening. Don't be a trip, you dopes. You are your own headcanon. And keep telling your stories. Thank you.